0: Welcome to the Lift One Self podcast, Mikey. I really appreciate you being here with me.
1: I appreciate you having me here with you.
0: How is your heart doing?
1: Um, in general, it's, it's not bad. I think uh, I've become the master of adaptation. So kind of roll with the punches these days and uh, don't let anything get you down and you're trying to regulate when you get the highs so that you hold on to them for dear life. I think in general, yeah, it's not too bad.
0: Father's Day is coming up, <laughs> and I want to ask you, what does that day mean for you?
1: Um, bear on the deck and barbecuing. <laughs> it's bittersweet. I, I'm a happy, proud father. I'm. <clears throat> I'm convincing myself I'm doing a wonderful job, and all the rest of it. But you are doing a wonderful job. <laughs> it's it's difficult for me because I was very close to my father. Like people often, you know, their parent passes away and, oh, there's my best friend. Or, no, my my father was my best friend. And very plain, simple, and direct means he, he was my best friend. It's hard explaining that sometimes to people because if you knew us, you knew we we fought like cat and dog. like all the time but we fought like cat and dog honestly he was my best friend my father knew all the good the bad the nasty (laughs) this like he my dad knew me as a, a friend knows his child but at the same time I tell everyone he he was a father like he was a father he was a father in every sense of the. he was my dad at a certain point he became my dad and my best friend. And then when I got old enough, it was my best friend. In a weird sense, I think unnaturally, I, I may have in the early portions with my kids, there's things that I missed out on with them trying to recreate that magic instead of allowing our own new magic to happen. And I don't think it's a lost time. I think it's just a learning time. So it was necessary for us to become who we are now. I wish I had seen the light earlier so that maybe I could have adjusted earlier. Father's Day is, is this magical time where I get to remember one of the greatest human beings I had ever known. Oddly enough, <laughs> I don't wanna say one of the most flawed human beings. I think we we often try to remember loved ones and imperfection. And I think why I loved him so much is because I knew he wasn't perfect. And he knew that I knew he wasn't perfect. That imperfection, it it made him awesome. It's so cool when we understand each other enough to, to be comfortable with each other, knowing that there's a portion of us that doesn't exactly sit right. If you love somebody, if you love something, you love someone, then those imperfections become perfectly imperfect. You got to love the whole, the the entity of the, the the person versus trying to pick out just elements that are good to you or look good to you that match and fit in with you. So my dad was the perfect whole to me. He was Superman. He was the smartest person in the world. He could fix anything. He could make boo-boos go away at the same speed. He could solve quadratic equations. That, like he was just this magic. Being that I got to love for so many years. And then I still get to love because he he left everyone he met, he left a portion of himself with them. So that legacy, I every time I hear that word, I smile because I'm just like, yeah, I saw the best version of legacy lever ever. I strive to try to do the same thing. I man, <laughs> you ask this little question and it turns into, ah, <laughs> I think. After I saw how he lived, that I did my best to kind of mimic that situation for myself. So every interaction I have with someone, whether it's the first time I met you or the hundredth time we've seen each other, I always want that little magic moment to leave with, so I can look back and say, "Oh, remember that day?" Uh, I don't remember which one it was, Nate or Aiden, but I still have my can of ginger ale on my side table each occurrence with somebody you're supposed to to leave and have something come home with you that says wow like i remember that time it can get daunting because i know a lot of people (laughs) but i live my life for that for me it's the it's the everyday moments the like i remember this with this person i remember that with that person i remember laughing about this with this person i remember all of these things come together and make for awesome memories. Again, full circle with our conversation, I've understood the fragility of life, Mm -hmm. the the ease that it can get removed and taken away from you. And I don't want to, which I I firmly believe now, I don't ever want to look back and say, had I only, and if I only, and could you imagine if I knew this was going to happen, I would have. Now, every time I... Talk to someone. Step out of the house. It, yeah, it, it happens, and it's it's. I got that from him. Like, if you met my dad once, it was like you knew him for your whole life, and, and it became this wonderful, wonderful thing. So every Father's Day, I normally put like a little post or something because on his birthday the day he passed away, that I'll take a shot of rum. He's a rum drinker, <laughs> so I take a shot of rum from and. Without a doubt, I'll get 15, 20 messages sent to me that says, I remember your dad did this. I remember and people sent pictures, and your dad was told me this one tower. He took me to here. I never had this before. There's always this little thing, and everyone seemingly had their own strange little piece of him. My dad passed away and this lady was like, Oh, you know, his favorite hymn was. I was like, his favorite what? Like Back up, back up, back up, his, his favorite. What? He sang sang what? Oh, yeah, when he came to church, he was singing. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Again, she loved singing so much that he wanted to share that. So they had a song that they sang, and I was just like, oh, okay. But that's what, had no clue, but yeah. So Father's Day is, I love, of all the... Hallmark holidays, it's it's my favorite just because of that reason. Like and oddly enough, it's not for myself. It's because of him. Like I get to keep sharing him over and over and over for eternity. And yeah, I hope that answers your question.
0: It did. <laughs> we come time to really understand how important energy is and how how the feeling of the interaction is what matters. The materialistic things, yeah, it's it's nice, yet it's the feeling. It's actually yeah. the sensation because now you're going into memories and you're viscerally reliving it. Yeah. You know, we've been pushed away from this energy thing and it really is. It's like, how are you showing up in these interactions and what is the feeling and energy?
1: Yeah.
0: Because that lasts for eternity. It just yeah. keeps recircling and, and going on. When we feel a certain sense that somebody has lit us up and l- allowed us to feel like we're seen, we want to give that gift. Your father keeps giving the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Mm-hmm. A friend from high school, he wrote me and he said, uh, you know, he was going through some stuff with his son and they cleared it. He's like, Mikey, he through the whole thing. I just kept thinking to myself, I want that relationship—the relationship, relationship Mike and his dad had. So I, I got to fight for it. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Uh, what? Because I mean, this is years ago, and I don't know if I was in a space where accepting that was yet part of my day to day. It was overwhelming to hear, although I've I've heard it a few times, but I've heard it from from people who were constantly there, and mm-hmm. so to hear somebody that I hadn't spoken to and probably. 10 years, 15 years, come back around and say, you know, even with all our separation and time, that thing I saw was so magical and positive that I I held on to it. And I want to give it to my son for him, to his son. And and a lot of people may not fully uh, align with it. I'm an energy person. I keep certain energies around me because they're good for me. <laughs> I know what helps me survive day to day and, and what pushes me forward and what feeds me. And I, I keep that around me. So
0: yeah, we're not taught that from young to protect our energy and really no. go with understanding, stop forcing yourself in situations that yeah. are de- depleting and draining you. Yeah, And we think that we still have to do it for the other people. Don't get me wrong. There's certain situations that you just have to mull your way through it because of the way the world is set up. Yet the majority of it, you you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And we just don't think we have a choice. We have to tolerate in the name of saving face or being somewhere and not realizing you are draining your energy battery very quickly. Maturity comes to make us aware of oh no pay attention you got to be yeah. responsible for that energy and it's not in a woo-woo thing i know some people are like a woo and it's like okay well let's bring it to this instance okay <laughs> if you look at your heart beating is that not energy your okay. your your blood moving when you've gone into a room and you feel that there's something just not right mm-hmm. Is that not energy? Mm-hmm. Some people have been so separated from it that they mm-hmm. deny it and they ignore it. And then they see too that if I would have just listened to that, it would have mm-hmm. had a different outcome. You come to recognize more and more. It's like, oh, this internal compass, I need to pay attention to you because you ain't yeah. lying. You're you're letting me know some information that I just haven't thought it was relevant because mm-hmm. I didn't think I had any kind of knowing or I, I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Can you describe how it felt when your father transitioned?
1: Uh, the, the short version of the story is he fell, had been injured, and he had broken his arm. They had to put him under to reset his arm. During that time, he flatlined and they had to resuscitate him, which punctured a lung and broke one of his ribs or two of his ribs. And why I say all of that is all this situation ended up with him being in a coma and he never came out of the coma and he passed away. I had time to know what was coming. There was phases of, you know, hope and he's going to pull through and he's going to get better. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, going to, going to, going to, going to, going to, going to and then it, the magic day when you realize, and it wasn't even when I remember the day the doctors came to tell us as a family What they thought, and it wasn't at that point in time. And I could sense when it turned to, yeah, you could bring me back, but I'm not coming back. The the feeling at first was anger. I was angry that he wasn't coming back because I wanted him back. I I felt that I deserved my father, and my father should come back to me. And it left from being selfish to being, why am I bringing you back? Am I bringing you back? for you or am I bringing you back for me? And is that coming back gonna be beneficial to you or is it gonna be beneficial to me? And if I loved you, why am I gonna put you in a situation to, to hurt and, and to be in pain and to suffer to make me feel better about my situation? When he actually passed away, I felt guilty more than anything else because I felt that if I had whispered that understanding to him from the beginning, he wouldn't have put himself through what he put himself through quote unquote stick around as long as he did oddly enough he's in Toronto and when things turned bad I literally dropped what I was doing here and and drove down when I got there the nurse turned to me and she said you know if your mom didn't say it to me she's like I I've seen these things I this is where I work I work in ICU so I've seen it a thousand times but she's like your dad waited you like he literally waited for you because where the, the scenario that we're looking at in there there's no reason why your dad's heart should still be beating right now she's like and i have a funny feeling when you say what you have to say to him that that's yeah, you go straight in because he he's he's that you didn't you're not late he's he's there so i'm not sure how but <laughs> So I, I apologize I got to apologize and say to him like I was selfish I was a selfish person because I feel that you can hear me and what I said to you initially wasn't for me it wasn't for you it was for, it was for me and um, the misunderstanding the the fear of unknowns the understandably it makes us very bad. Decision makers and, and holders of judgment of of things, and and we become very selfish. I think that's okay. Loved ones understand because nobody truly has the the full answers. That you're you're allowed some leeway in making decisions that are based upon the fear factors and the the misunderstandings and all of these things. I think also that making sure to uh, take care of. Those relationships before they get to that point will help drastically in navigating that space because making decisions for someone you love dearly and have an understanding of the person completely makes that time easier. It, it was it was tough. It was really really tough because I, I loved him that much. He was yeah he was Superman in every. There was nothing he couldn't do or nothing he couldn't fix or nothing he couldn't make better for everybody that knew him. He just, he's he's like 3M. He didn't make anything, but he made everything better. <laughs> so it was, it was really tough. Do
0: you have any words for anybody that is in this experience fresh or will be going into this experience that you wish you would have had knowledge of?
1: Don't wait for it to become the situation or the scenario. Love, love, love now like you will then. And if you take 10 seconds to think about, oh my God, if someone said blah, 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 what would you, you know exactly what you would do and what you would say and how you would go about it. So do it now. Don't wait. Don't wait for them to get sick. Don't wait for them to get in an accident, don't wait for don't don't wait for tragedy to come around for you to take the time to to take care of them and and love them and understand them. And ideally, there should never be a time where you say, "If I had known." Well, like you said, a problem is we all know it's not forever. <laughs> There's a finite lie. We don't know what that end point is because we don't know what that end point is. Then treat every day like tomorrow's the end point, and then when the end point comes, you're just like, "I'm cool. We're good." It'll hurt. It'll sting, but you're good. Now I could say, I really don't understand what we're waiting for all the time. Why are we waiting to share memories with people and laugh with people and, and remember good times and and, and celebrate new moment? What's the magic moment that we're waiting for? Why isn't it that every day turns into this celebration of of life all the, all the time? Again, I, I'm not trying to tell you you have a magic wand and you could wave it and all of a sudden you have an extra 10 hours a day to make phone calls And on the day you do make that phone call make the phone call last like make it memorable make it fun make it joyous make it enjoy enjoy be present in what what you're doing and, and what you're saying and and what you're experiencing don't let moments be yeah i was there and it, it just it happened to happen. Why, why I'm bringing it up again is can put myself back in that moment because I was present. It wasn't that he gave me something and I was like, oh, you know, that's such a lovely gesture. I made sure that I heard him when he said what he said, and I absorbed the moment that he said it. So now when I took a second to think, I was just like, I remember how he said what he said. I remember that he didn't have enough money when he went the first time and he came back to get another quarter. And us thinking that it was a quarter for him to get something for himself, but he want like he, I was destined. My ginger ale was, <laughs> it was my ginger ale to be had. Why I'm, I'm even mentioning it again is to encourage people to not just let these moments pass by in every moment, be present in what's taking place so that you don't miss these magical things that take place on a daily basis. Valleys come when the, the bad times come you're so full of good energy. And I've become a proponent of saying, don't have funerals, have celebrations of life. Don't, don't mourn people's passing, but celebrate the time that they were here and the time that you had with them. Fill yourself with good memories and good times and, and good thought. And then when you get to that point where you have to deal with that, there's so much more positive involved in it than negative that, You'll, you'll find your way through. You, you will. You'll find your way through. I can surely point to my father and saying that I got through that time because every step of every aspect of that taking place, I was surrounded by so much powerful, forward-looking energy, so much joy, so much laughter and, and full hearts. And it was at a certain point, it almost became like, just leave me alone and let me mourn. Like you know what I'm saying. Like, why? Why are you guys so? It's almost like you're happy. Like you know, it wasn't that people were happy he was gone. It was just they were so filled with happy moments that they wanted to share it with everybody. Everybody wanted to share this happiness with somebody else. And looking back, I, I'm so thankful. I'm so, and I know my family is so thankful for the fact that yeah, this wasn't. As difficult as it could have been, because it was just love. Everywhere you looked was love.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, being at the funeral and then being at your brother's afterwards, and the environment. And I also remember you having to take time for
1: yourself. It was that exact moment when I had the thought: when, yeah, I disappeared for a couple hours, just like this. This is this is too much. Like, yeah.
0: yeah i need to be with my sadness and Mm -hmm. you allowed it i remember you sharing with us the experience of having to witness your father get cremated
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now do you still have the same belief of don't ever do that
1: the short answer is yes don't do it i did it i went and i was present for angie's as well how do i even put this into words angie's wasn't any less of an event than my dad's was, but I almost felt guilty that I had, that one event had hardened me so much that even though I, I was looking at the same thing and I understood the weight of it, that first event hardened me to it. I almost felt a ways that I didn't react the same way. What I think I'm trying to get across is it's so much pain that it hardens you. I don't want for anybody to go through that if they don't have to. I have nothing against cremation. I think it's the person's personal choice. I personally feel that as it is stands right now, it's what I would want for myself, Mm -hmm. but I would Surely try to encourage nobody to be present when it takes place because it literally feels like someone rips your heart out of you. It's a disgusting, disgusting feeling. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> Can
0: I present something to you? Mm-hmm. I know you say harden. Have you ever seen it that it possibly softens you even more of the acceptance that love is pain?
1: <sighs> Here's what I'll say to you it, it would take longer than we're going to be able to talk for me to, to to yeah to to move through that but I'm going to I never considered it to answer I I know I've never considered it I, I'm going to consider it now <laughs> yeah I will it's the, it.
0: the depths you I want you to understand the gift of what you're saying that like when we started off we said pain is a teacher yeah the depths of where you went with pain is the depths of what you understand love is. Uh, And a lot of us do not allow that vulnerability to go that deep. And uh, also to break out of the psyches attachment that the person is their body. You are uh, out of that illusion because you understand energy in such a different way. uh, It sucks. Don't. And it's imprinted in you. So you're navigating through the world with this softness of really understanding the fragility of life, and really understanding love is pain.
1: It is it, very, very valid because you, you got to consider if, if I don't love them, then that cannot affect me that way. Like it, 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 it can't. It just couldn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, people have this fairy tale of. I want to go find love. I want to be, in, and it's like, okay, do you understand that once you love, you are subjecting yourself to pain?
1: Yeah, necessarily. Absolutely, necessarily.
0: Especially parents with children, it's like, do you understand the vulnerability you're going into?
1: Yeah.
0: As soon as you make that commitment, you're going to be a parent, understand the vulnerability of pain you're going into, but you try to control it and change it. And when you get the depths, I understand the sensation of it feeling hard because you want to reject that thing out yet. It's actually softening you You really feel. And a lot of us are like, you don't want to feel that yet. Uh Your life is more enriched by it. You get it in a depth way. You get it where you're explaining, Aiden gave me this can and I was there present for the words, the sensation, what the interaction was. It has made you mindful. Mm -hmm. When you sent me the video of, you know, the whales, when you went whale watching with Keisha, it has brought you into a mindfulness of awareness of really what is the present moment, mm-hmm. but it sucks to go in there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: So just something to see a different perspective of it.
1: No, I, I, I'm i already like a quarter ways to change in my mind because it, it's, yeah.
0: When you have the pain of your father comes up, how do you show up for yourself with that?
1: I have embraced and I understand his physical being not being here. I can't crave for what doesn't exist here. (laughs) It would be half grieving and pain and half letting go of normalcy. and, And I would talk to him as if he were physically still here and that would get me through the the little bumps and humps. Um I would just literally talk to him as if he were still standing beside me or that would be enough to kind of get me through that point in time.
0: When you had your last son and your father wasn't here, how was that experience?
1: Oh that that's yeah. <laughs> my my last son if i didn't put any value in reincarnation or or that that line of thinking my last son introduced that thought to me because my last son is my father like he he's he sits like my father he laughs like my father he it's not even pretty sometimes like sometimes i look at him and i'm like is this honestly is this some kind of sick joke that somebody's playing on me because he has this thing where he lies on his back and he puts one knee up and crosses his leg over the other one. And it it's exactly how my father would do it. I say hurt is is an understatement because the two older ones adored him. And they, they didn't even... They got to see the... There's no other way to say it. But they got to see the, the grumpy, sick version of him. They didn't get the, the full joy version of him. And they still loved and adored him there's this a one picture where they're on the stairs and they're both kind of climbing over his shoulders and both of them like it's a vivid memory to them of laughing with him and telling him they're going to take the picture and it pains me every time a conversation comes up about grandparents and stuff he has there's nothing for him he doesn't get that gift he doesn't have a piece of that for himself. When he prays at night, there's a portion for his grandparents. And there's been times where he would ask, he's like, how come there's only one? How come it's not? I have two grandmothers. How come it's not two grand?" And I, you explain, well, Grandpa Victor passed away and he died and he's not here anymore. It's very, very hard that they never got a chance to, to meet. But again, at the same time, I celebrate the joy in knowing that all the stuff that is... My dad is still available and present for him. He gets it from his aunts and his uncles. He gets it from me. He gets it from his brothers. They, they all knew enough to know that's who he was. And, and they get to celebrate some of that too.
0: Imagine you're 18 and you have the awareness you have right now. You can only tell yourself three words. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sentence. It just can only be three words though. What would those three words be for
1: you? So I'm me with what I know now. Yep. And I get to talk to my 18-year-old self. Correct. And I get to say three words. Three words. Oh, I forgot that's one word. So I'm okay. <laughs> love yourself first.
0: Yeah, the second person to bring this up.
1: Yeah. Would have smoothened out infinite amount of situations for me had I learned and understood to love myself first. If you understand and you fully grasp the concept of making sure you're good. My favorite thing in the world to tell people when I see them in certain situations is the flight attendant theory. I always point to it. Your plane gets in trouble in the air, the mask drops down, And they teach you, they warn you, the pamphlets say, put your mask on first before even helping your child. You cannot be of any good or any service to anyone, including yourself, if you don't take care of yourself first. So you could be as well-intentioned as you want to be. If you're at a weak point, at a detriment to yourself, you cannot help somebody else. Don't convince yourself that you're putting yourself in these positions because you're in service of others and you want to be this great person. You cannot be a great person to others if you don't love yourself first. You have to be able to love yourself. And without that ability, without that knowledge, without that understanding. And what it teaches you when you love yourself first is you understand how someone is supposed to treat you as well. Because nobody knows you better than you. Nobody knows what makes you complete and whole and what makes you feel good and what makes you you feel warm and what makes you feel safe and then comfortable. And when you understand those things, then you can not only expect it or demand it from someone else, you can direct someone and say, Hey, what you're saying or doing here, it's not cool. Either we find a, a better way to communicate or deal or interact or whatever, or I need to go my way and you need to go yours. And that self, that time with self and that ability to, to manage and take care of yourself. Is such a gift when you when you own it. For me, I thank God daily for crossing my path with the woman that I get to spend my life with, is that I learned how to love myself after I found the person of my my life, my dream, my soulmate, my I learned that lesson after finding her. So it wasn't even like one of those in the middle of the desert by myself and I no. I I was with, she wasn't my wife at the time, but I knew I was going to marry her surely at the point in time. But she taught me, Hey, as much as you could love me, you, you need to know this. It's one of the things that freak people out with us to this day. We, we are so good together that we don't need to be together to be good to each other and take care of each other. And because I know what she needs and she knows what I need. And whenever it, because it does, it'd be a lie to tell you, oh, it's this wonderful, 100% oiled, well done machine. And it just, no, it does come off its trip. But we can say to each other, hey, you said this and this doesn't align with, so we need, let's talk about that. You did this and let's, and they're not always fun, happy (laughs) conversations. She loves herself enough to know that if I've said something or done something, even if, because I'm, I'm a grumpy young man, I'm not even a grumpy old man, I'm a grumpy young man, but she knows I love her enough that she can come and say, hey, this here. And I know that she loves me enough when, ah, 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 ah. okay, well, we're at the same volume level and, <laughs> you know what I mean? And everything is settled we're going to deal with this so that you can get back to to you and we're and we're good
0: the insight maybe that you have softened mm. and you understand love and pain are the same
1: mm. <laughs>
0: Accept. i don't
1: i don't like your homework i don't i don't like it i know i, like <laughs> I know
0: <laughs> yet you like you said you're you're swallowing your own medicine maybe there's a different way of seeing this mm-hmm a different way of feeling it.
1: I was good with what I thought. I, I just never, ever considered something else. Like I, I was just like, this is disgusting. And this is more disgusting now that I'm not disgusted by like, what, what, what? The more I'm sitting here with it is the more that I'm just like, there's got to be something to what you're saying. Because like I said, it wasn't, I wasn't devoid of feeling. I wasn't anything like it wasn't anything negative. It was just like, I felt. How come I didn't react the same way? like why is it? this is horrible? like what what did that do to me? Like I'm oh, only to think well now I'm just like, well, what if she's right? What if you actually get it? There's so much love in you that it hurt like it, it that hurts. You're not mad. you're not. you're not kicking and screaming. You just know, oh my god, that that yeah, that hurt.
0: And it didn't harden you. It just softened you more. And that's vulnerable. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yet you understand the power of it that I get it and you can't hurt me anymore. Right. Like I I own this. And it's like, okay, lean in a little bit more, lean in a little bit more. And it's, I understand the hardening. That's that armament. Yet it's, no, you softened. You are in acceptance and you're actually interconnected with them. Yeah. You understand it's beyond the body. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. This has been a very enriching, vulnerable, and intimate conversation. And I thank you for opening the space for others to partake in this. I hope that you'll come back on a future date that we can get into some other conversations. Know that I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you for continuously showing up for yourself. We get to benefit greatly for that. So. Thank you, Mikey. Oh,
1: thank you. And, and before I leave, let me just say, even I may not have fully understood what you embarked on when you started this portion of your journey. I'm glad that you found the strength to be true to who you were and, and the purpose of what you were doing. I, I'm sure you know by now it's not going to be for everybody. The people that it's, it's going to be for, it's going to be for in, in the right and the proper way. Don't give up. Don't alter your path. I take nuggets from Oprah whenever I get them. And she was doing an interview once and the person was, well, what do you say to people who want to do the same things that you're doing, go down the same path? And she was like, don't get caught up in the millions. She's like, I'm fortunate that my passion turned into this wonderful career and it's it's afforded me all these great things. But the work of the people who talk to 10 at a time is sometimes more valuable than me speaking to two, three, five million people at the same time, because that person might affect the person that makes the change. Why I say that to you is I know sometimes in the new world, the internet has created this angst, this necessity of numbers and rah-rah. The people who need it are going to find it and they're going to find what they need and get what they need from you. As the field of dreams, build it and they'll come. I hope that you you as a person and individual also get what you need from what you're doing because you you shouldn't stop. Again, what, what I didn't know before I know now and I applaud and I appreciate what you're doing and I, I wish you nothing but the best and the success and, and as you go forward.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be in the space of standing in my truth and really understanding the struggles that I had to go through in the seeking and not feeling like I could relate and really recognizing how challenging it is to be honest with ourselves. And yeah. that's the only time change happens. Yeah. And sometimes we need that relatability of listening to somebody else's internal work and processes that all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm not the only one. They gave me some wording, some verbiage to connect into what it makes more sense for me inside. I'm just creating this as a sense of, we're gonna talk about the raw feelings. We're gonna talk about how it is to be human. And I really understand pain as a teacher. It sucks, Mm -hmm. I kick and scream when it shows up, yet I understand go with it rather than resist because it will be much more painful. Thank you for making it to the end. I appreciate you and your time. If you found any value in this conversation, I ask you to help us grow by subscribing to the Lift One Self podcast and more sharing it out to others. The more that we have conversation and dialogue that are honest and open, that is when we can remove the stigmas around mental health. Until next time, remember, be kind and gentle with yourself. You matter.